Yo. Hi, Ben. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, good. You know, just hanging out in Minnesota, working on Savvy Cal, uh, all that stuff that I'm I'm always doing every episode, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I didn't give you the hello, hello, sir, because, you know, it wouldn't be appropriate. <laughs> or the good morning or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this isn't Derek. This is Adam. By now, there will probably yeah. be another another non-Derek episode that's been released. So, I don't think... Uh, no, this is the first non-Derek episode. Oh, cool. That's cool. I feel very privileged. You're my go-to. <laughs> cool. Yeah. You, you, have some, you have some podcasts and shops. You've done this once or twice. So, I figured it'd be, it'd be all right. In a pre- previous life, yeah, I did. Are many. you ever going to re- reboot Full Stack Radio or is that just not... I always say, oh, yeah, it would be fun to do that, but clearly no. So, <laughs> I, I like just coming on this podcast and said, even after you invited me, I was thinking like, ah, oh, man, it would kind of be good to like do a podcast again and have kind of like a really easy, lightweight way to put updates and content into the world that don't involve like writing something or you know all the stuff that just otherwise never happens you know there's something about just having the cadence with a podcast where it can be really easy i don't know to get things moving on that would be kind of tough so i'm happy to just uh, show up on this podcast a couple times a year uh nice okay yeah. cool yeah well, that works for me <laughs> i'll make use of your audience yeah sounds good Maybe I'll cross-post it to Full Stack Radio. Yes, do it. That'd yeah. be great. I emailed all our customers, or just, or a lot of our customers, this uh, this week. I told them what we're going to build, which was kind of scary. That is scary. I did see that email, and I thought it was a good email. I liked uh, the very sort of behind-the-scenes vibe. The very much like here's like some mock-ups that it might look like. Um, yeah <laughs> you I was know trying to set expectations like i don't know this could be it. we'll see i don't think it, it came across in like this hyper promisey publicly roadmappy sort of way i think it, it was more of like uh oh this is cool i'm excited to follow and see what happens while they try to make this you know which i think is the right vibe cool yeah that's that's, that's what i wanted to get which is like we're pretty sure we're going to do these things we, we expect to do these things we want to do these things I'm not quite sure when, but I do want to like people to know like, yeah, no, like we, you don't have to keep telling us that you want this. Like we want this too. And like stuff is actually happening right now. But there's always part of me, which is like, what if we change our minds? What if we are just like, never mind? we started poking into this and it was terrible. And so sorry. And it's like, you know, you, we could, we'll deal with that. Like Stephen was like, yeah, if we do that, we'll do like a whole blog post about why we decided that this was a terrible idea and all that thing. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess we could just make it its own. I don't know. It's own thing. It seems unlikely that you don't ship something to solve the underlying problem that people have. There, there's a an end to the story somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I'm stoked to be working with the security firm. These mm-hmm. consultants. Yeah, I this noticed is like, that. This is the thing that keeps me up at night. This is like one of the tuple risk factors. It's just like we have a desktop app installed on lots of people's computers. So I'm pretty stoked to like work with uh, Latacora and have them whip us into shape. So what do they do? They are kind of like your outsourced security department, basically. So they actually like you have like a shared Slack channel or something with them, and they have all this like expertise. And so you can be like, oh, like can we have someone review this pull request from a uh, security perspective? It's like they have sort of like an ongoing like give you security advice thing. 
but they also kick off like a big engagement. So it's like they're going to audit the apps and also just us as like a company, like our security practices. Like, are we using SSO everywhere? And what's the multi-factor auth looking like? And who has access to what? And where where are those credentials stored? That kind of thing. So like the whole security shebang, which feels great. That's good. Yeah. Peace of mind is worth a lot of money. Oh my God. Yeah. It's not a cheap thing. Like I was like, we're like, oh, okay, that's, that's pricey. But I hope to never have to write an email, which is like, so uh, turns out we had this massive vulnerability and we're not sure what that meant for you. And we don't have logs to <laughs> tell you how bad it was. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, like that's just like my nightmare. Yeah. So uh, I'm happy to throw as much money at, the, at preventing this, that having to write that email someday as I can. Yeah, I think that's wise. That's a good, good use of, of money. Totally. It's like solidifying the position like i don't need as much profit i would like to have reliable profit where i'm not gonna blow up the company accidentally Mm -hmm. yep so when do they kick off that initial august 1st august 1st so yeah coming up yeah so if anyone wants to hack tuple now's the time i was just thinking that i was like (laughs) is this dumb should i not talk about this i mean we do get security audits and we are trying to do our best at security and everything so hopefully this is not the doors unlocked <laughs> doors already closed fig- I think. Uh, yeah no it's good it's good no that'll be good though yeah cool i i am grateful that we do not run a product where it's almost impossible for security to be a business destroying problem here like people's accounts don't even have anything different about them after they buy our product you know <laughs> uh, there's no personal information stored it's just like a website it's like a membership area of a wordpress site at borderline you know what i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah well if you store email addresses gdpr or something something i guess someone could like s- slip something into the open source stuff that runs on people's computers right but... if i can hack people's machines through css rules then you're really in trouble but, but yeah, it does feel like a different level of what if someone accidentally or what if someone figures out how to like record someone's screen remotely with our software somehow <laughs> or, you know, there's some scarier, scarier nightmares to keep you up at night for sure. However irrational they they may be. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the scariest. I think like that's the scariest risk I can imagine to the business. Mm hmm that's the one that i'm like wow that would be like that's yeah let's avoid that yeah yep which you're doing so that's good yep and every and every little bit helps mitigate it you know like helps make it less likely or helps make the severity of it a little bit lower like all those things are are good steps along the way important things to be thinking about at a minimum yeah that feels like some some like uh, ceo stuff kind of like what are the big existential risks here and how do we prevent them yeah Mm mm-hmm I haven't thought about that personally, so <laughs> I'm in trouble. That's why we capture all of our LTV on day one. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah, if I, yeah. Maybe we should just move to that. If we just charge for like three years up front, um, two bull is now five hundred grand. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. just, but lifetime only. <laughs> oh man. I do think there's some cool business models in there about like charging way more up front and then just like yeah, that's just how you do it. I texted you about this, but I figured we may talk about it a little bit, which is somebody got mad at me for including a link to our job posting in that email that I sent to people as if I was kind of like poaching their developers 
I, I kind of get it, but it, it just doesn't feel, it sort of just doesn't make sense to me. Like it, it feels like if your retention strategy is like your developers never hear about other jobs, I don't think it's going to go well for you. Yeah, I agree. That is not going to be a long lasting strategy. Who is like on the list? Like, does it just go to the person paying for the tuple bill plus anyone? Who's no. Like, or is it anyone with the tuple account? That email was targeted at people with tuple accounts that have used it in the last month. Got it. So people who are working at a company that's paying for tuple would all get it. Yep. Yeah. It's an interesting an interesting one because on one hand you can sort of see the point of like well why would you be including this if not to convince people who are currently using tuple to referrals referrals yeah yeah Yeah. like obviously there's no like deliberate malice or intent to oh i'm going to build a user base so i can steal them from their companies and and hire them but at the same time you're hiring someone and you want to get the word out about it it doesn't really resonate with me. I guess I'm like, you know, just willing to disagree with this person and like not have it be a big deal. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I uh, think I was, that's the right move. I never know how much to push back, like in this sort of context where like, I feel like the, like the, the customer support approach for this is like, thank you for the feedback. Like I, I like, sorry about that. I understand what you're saying though. And just like move on with my life. But the, like, the me in me wants to be like, what are you talking about? Like, how this doesn't make any sense. Like, let's like, let's debate this. Yeah. I guess the question is like, what is the upside to that? Um, of which that's I feel like there's none, which is You're like right. that. Yeah. That's like the, how to win friends and influence people sort of angle, which is like, never argue with anybody. Like that is a bad idea. You know, Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a little value, a little value to like, good correct ideas winning if i'm like well have you thought about this and he goes oh that's a good point you're right and like updates his viewpoint like okay like that that's a that makes the world a little better i think if that's yeah. At all likely yeah sure i think that's could be good i i don't know that that's the response you're alluding to not. sending <laughs> it's probably not gonna well yeah. Uh, yeah i think this would be more of an argumentative toned email <laughs> I, yeah i did actually respond and i i was a little argumentative but i tried to be do it in a pretty we'll see in a pretty chill way i don't know we'll find out yeah we'll find out next time on the outer product um, we probably shouldn't have a recurring segment of me mocking or disagreeing with our customers so i'm not sure this is a good bit yeah it makes for good radio for the listener sure you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a sacrifice you make that's uh, right this is the risk you take when you email uh, me personally is i might talk about you on a podcast Mm -hmm. yeah how's your fitness stuff going good i have lost 25 pounds as of today since may 9th so that's like seven weeks or something that's pretty fast yeah when you're fat it goes fast at the beginning (laughs) (laughs) comes off quick yeah i'm feeling optimistic that this will be a long-lasting change so yeah it's been going good you have like a remote coach right yeah that's right so it's basically like i pay for willpower is basically the strategy here originally i was trying to think like okay can i find because even like sticking to my workout schedule has been like hard i basically 
once I stopped like working out with like a training partner, I just didn't stick to it because to me, I have no discipline. Basically, that's like my problem in life. Yeah. So I was trying to see if I could find like a, a personal trainer of who is literally just like it could literally be anyone because I know what to do and I know what I want to do and I want to do what I want to do. I don't need anyone to tell me what to do in the gym, but I do need someone to just like ring the doorbell twice a week at a certain time and be like, I'm here. So I guess it's time for you to do your workout. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I thought I would need that level of uh, help, but it turns out this remote thing has been pretty good. There's Basically, it's like this company that kind of does this for a bunch of people. And I heard about it like randomly through Noah Kagan's Twitter. And yeah, the way it works is basically every single day I have to write like this little report slash journal entry thing at the end of the day that lists kind of like everything I ate that day, how much water I drank, like how much sleep I got, uh, what activity I did that day, to kind of write about any things that I'm like proud of that day and from like a diet or like activity perspective write down like three things I'm grateful for that day, which has nothing to do with diet or activity, but it's just like, I'm, I'm sure they've kind of just like recognized that helping people build like a more optimistic and positive mindset helps them stick to these sorts of things, you know, so it's all kind of, kind of related. And I have to take a picture of literally everything I eat and include that in there. I have to like write down like where I considered myself to be on the hunger scale before I ate that meal. So just it's really about building like mindfulness around like your eating habits and eating when you're hungry and stopping eating when you're not like giving me little tools like like a habit that I built now after like getting help from my coach and learning these techniques is like every time I'm eating something to just be constantly checking in with myself like do I feel like I could go for a light jog right now? And the second, like, I start to feel like I'm getting, I don't know that I really could, like, that you definitely should stop eating, at least for me, when I need, when I'm trying to eat in a deficit, you know, not, maybe not as important when you're trying to maintain, but that's been like a really helpful cue because that's like a really easy question to answer. You know, it's like, it's subjective in a way, but it's like, you kind of know, you know, which has been good. So I went through like a nutrition coaching program a couple of years ago. And they had a, a very similar thing about like paying attention to like how fast you're eating and how you're feeling. And that was the first time in my life that I realized that like I was just like constantly overeating. Like I would just like blast through being full and keep going and finish the thing. And they'd be like, oh, damn. And suddenly like someone pointed it out one time and I was like, huh. And I started paying attention to it. And I was like, oh, yeah, like a lot of the time I like can save half or 20% of what I'm eating and just be like, I don't need this right now. Like I'm yeah. full. Yeah. And yeah. I That's like another thing I've been doing it too. Is just like anytime we like go out for food, which we, you know, still doing like two or three times a week, honestly, between like going out for lunch with my wife during the week, once a week or going out for dinner with the kids and stuff. It's just like building this habit of like never finishing my plate, even if I could just to like get used to not doing it because like my whole life I've just always like, lick the fucking bull you know <laughs> so the other thing that's been really helpful is you have to like write down what activity you're committing to doing tomorrow and i have to do that every night and that's like made a huge difference because if it's really easy to say like oh yeah tomorrow i'm gonna go to the gym and if i've written that down then when tomorrow comes it's like i fucking wrote down yesterday that i was gonna go to the gym and my coach is gonna be like so how did the workout at the gym go today so 
I don't know, just it's it's really small things, but it doesn't take much to just like knock over that first domino that gets you to kind of do everything else you kind of need to be doing. Hmm. What was the name of this again? So the company is mybodytutor.com. It is a not a very convincing uh, to a developer you're going to look at that website and be like this person is trying to steal my credit card you know yeah that's yep <laughs> but i think that's the case for like a lot of companies that you know that's just kind of how it is and it, i whatever the, it's good you know i wouldn't have i probably wouldn't have tried it if i hadn't seen it recommended by someone who like was legit yeah so bad bad at web design but good at getting people to work out and eat redder mm-hmm. yeah it's been great like i uh I, I like signed up for it. It's like 300 bucks a month. And I did it with the intention going into it to be like, I am totally content to pay this for the rest of my entire life. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> not like, okay, I'm going to try and do this for three months and whatever. Like, I'm definitely going into it with like, a th- if this is like what I have to do every single day forever, that's like worth it. Cause I'm probably going to live like fucking 20 years longer. It's like I've had two, like both my grandfather and my uncle both died in their fifties, you know, from like heart disease and stuff like that. So need to take that stuff seriously. So yeah, I don't know. It's been great. I'm definitely thrilled with how it's going and looking forward to uh, being jacked as hell. So hell yeah. I've been having a guy speaking of like willpower as a service. I've been having a guy show up at my apartment complex like twice a week and be like all right time to lift then we go over to the gym and like he makes me do stuff and it is so different like having that on the calendar means just like uh, and like today i was like i don't feel like doing this but like you know i still did an hour workout like with this guy and like when i was even when i like dragged myself to the gym i would do the stuff that's like fun they're like oh i'll do like some of these curls over here or i'll like <laughs> fiddle around with this so like maybe like one or two pull-ups just for kicks and he'd be like here we go like obnoxiously heavy split squats let's go and i'm like oh god damn it and like <laughs> i have to do all these exercises yeah. that i hate yeah yeah um but so like they're of course also the things i'm getting like huge bang for the buck because i just never do them because i don't like them so i've, I've been like really like enjoying that like finding that really effective like it's it's gotten to the point that like today i actually called my mom because she has been like having trouble like being active lately and so like, I called around, like found a person that like specializes in training like older people. And I was like, hey, like I want to I want to get this for you. Like this, like having a guy show up at my place has been really huge. And like I want to have someone show up at your place and like make you do this stuff. Like who knows how to make you work out. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good gift to give, I think. Yeah, I, I think so. Doesn't take up any space in your fucking house. Uh, yeah (laughs) makes your life better and and it's just like yeah you can just like this is like a a throw money at it kind of problem that actually Mm -hmm. gets results which is like very exciting yeah i i will say that is like something i have noticed as being like the best things about like having more money is realizing that there's these types of things to spend it on like things that like kind of make up for bad habits that you have or I would love to hire like a personal chef some one day, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that would be like life changing. Um, and not in like this diva ish way, but just like eating food that tastes good. That's good for me compared to the crap that I'm going to otherwise have and having more time and, and whatever. Yeah. This, this thought keeps I, I saying, I'm actually 
starting to look for a personal chef. Uh, so, <laughs> so yes, I agree. I keep having this thought, which is like, there are not currently a half dozen hard boiled eggs in my fridge. And so when I want like a random snack or something, like my options are just worse than that. But like what I really should be doing is like eating a hard boiled egg or two and like just like getting like a bunch of protein to my face. Um, and it's like, yeah, that's just, I just want to outsource this problem. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, like there's a place near us that we buy food from. That's like a, it's like run by like a chef and they make like a lot of stuff that you can buy frozen, but it's like made fresh and then frozen. And it's not like frozen in like the package processed way. You know, it's like good food that they like froze that you can like reheat and is delicious. And I never feel like crap after I eat it. And I'm, I feel like if my wife didn't cook, like that's what I would sustain myself on. You know, <laughs> I would just like, if I had to spend like $500 a week for food, that's super easy to prepare. That doesn't make me feel like crap that I enjoy eating. Like that is, is the type of luxury that I want to spend money on. Same. And it's longevity. Like it's like looking good, feeling better, living longer. Like that's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You need a blood boy. That's the next step. What's that? A blood boy. Did you ever watch like Silicon Valley? Like the the show? But there's always this like rumor that like Peter Thiel like had would like get injected with like young people's blood (laughs) for longevity. And they kind of did a bit about that in the show. That's that to me is like the the, uh, final destination here. Eventually. Yes. Yeah. Once we've hired enough people, we then someone just follows you around all day with like tubes connecting you while you're doing your CEO stuff, just cycling in new juice, you know, (laughs) finally Uh, iron juice. Um, love it. Anyways, speaking of CEO stuff, I saw, I I read this, this blog post that made me feel guilty. I want to run by you. (laughs) It was, it was by somebody saying, um, it, it was saying that the, you know, the, creating the communication architecture of the company is the CEO's responsibility. This is by Gokul Rujaram from, I think he worked at Square and a couple other places. He was on Noah's podcast, I think recently. But so he was talking about like the various types of meetings and communications and stuff that he thought were like pretty essential. And I was just curious, like how many of these you are doing? Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. All right. Uh, one-on-ones? Yes, we. I do one-on-ones. I used to do them more often, but I do them every six weeks with everyone now. And then Jonathan, who's like the kind of COO-ish dude, does them on a slightly more frequent basis. Got it. Okay. Uh, all hands? Never have we ever done one. But that's historically been kind of a time zone driven thing. I just like write up really big posts with lots of detail for people yeah i've seen those like on both base camp like a whole like here's what we did last cycle yeah yeah there's a couple flavors of them like i'll do like a big kickoff thing every new cycle here's all the stuff we're gonna do why we're doing it whatever and then like a few times a year i also just write up a just kind of like just fyi like here's a bunch of things that i've been like thinking about lately um, that I feel like me and Steve have been talking about for like a long time, but has never been communicated to anyone. So here's just kind of a peek, you know, look inside the brain sort of post. That's good. Yeah, I. That's a thing I am interested. Um, so like we we do one on ones. We haven't done all hands in a while, but I think we probably should. 
I'd like to throw a couple more in there. Um, but one of the things he talks about is a weekly or fortnightly CEO email to the entire team, which is kind of like, here's what's top of mind for me. Here's what I've been discussing. Maybe like some updates on some metrics, things like that. And I think that could be useful. There are a bunch of things, like you said, like I'm talking to Joel about this thing, or I'm talking to Spencer about this thing, or I talked to Steven about this thing. And like, there's a bunch of things that are on my mind or that I'm like thinking about or, and it's, I guess some of that would be useful to like share with people, I think. Yeah. I do talk about that stuff in one-on-ones too. Yeah. I think that stuff's good to get out there because sometimes there's just like things that take like nine months to happen and are taking up like 50% of your energy, (laughs) just even deciding what to do with that idea and uh, no one knows that so yeah yeah i had a call with one of our engineers today that i don't i don't usually have like a chance like a we don't usually interact directly and he was like like what are you working on like what are you what are you focused on and i was like that's such a reasonable question like, it makes sense <laughs> that you have no idea yeah yeah totally it's like you're over here like debugging linux things and uh you, you don't know what i do that makes sense that's fair yeah it's like, but if I had, if I'd been sending my CEO emails, you know, he would know. It's interesting to ask yourself that question. Like, do people know what I'm doing? Um, and what, how would they know? And what, yeah, I mean, that's like something that I ask a lot in one-on-ones is like, is there anything like you feel in the dark about, you know, it's like a, a question I ask pretty often because it's pretty easy to just not even like be aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So man this is my list of one-on-one questions yeah so i, I mean i'm not a, an expert I'm, like let's be clear but uh no but i mean a good question is a good question here's here's the one i just added to this doc that i that i'm kind of into too which is if you were managing me and one of my reports were someone like you what would you be pushing me to do better okay <laughs> it's complicated but like i'm trying to set it up that way so that like people will give me feedback as a manager but it, like it kind of makes it a little bit more easier or like a little easier where it's like, you're, don't worry, this is, this is just a hypothetical. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. Have you got any interesting answers to that question? Yeah. I don't remember what they were, but I remember they were interesting. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> yeah. But I think it has potential. There's only so many times you can be like, what feedback do you have for me? Or like, what can I be doing better? Or like, how can I help you X, Y? Like, I think trying to come up with different ways of like, you want to ask specific to think questions. About that question. Yeah. Yeah. We use like know your team for one-on-ones. I don't know. And so I've kind of like exhausted every suggested question in there at this point, but it kind of does give you like a good, helps you understand the types of questions you should be asking, like more specific things. Like when was the last time like you were angry at me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it, totally. And it has to be like a question where there's not like a, no dodging it, you know? Um, What's the most annoying thing I've done in the past week? You know, uh, not like, is there anything I've done to annoy you in the past week? Oh, no, everything's exactly. totally fine. Um, right. It has to be something. Yeah, I've, you know? I've been using their, that. So it's funny. Like I, 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 something about those questions like feels hokey. And every time I say them, I'm like, I, like I, I'm cringing. But then like when people answer them earnestly, like the conversation really is better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I think they're good. I've, I've been, I've enjoyed that. Like I, I'm paying for like one paid seat for that product just for that list of one-on-one questions and that's literally all i use it for too yeah it's just like (laughs) it's so funny yeah it's like it could be a google doc that i mean i could even just copy and paste them out of there but just like yeah it's true yeah yeah 
And I don't even put like my notes from the one-on-ones in the tool or anything. I, I keep them in like reflect or whatever. I um, do have, I do have this dream of using their like a uh, heartbeat thing where you like ask a question to the whole team. Cause I think some of those are interesting. We did that for a while and then people kind of stopped answering them. And, uh, it's a shame cause the answers were like really interesting. Um, like we had like those icebreakers turned on and I can't remember what the question was, but like, that's how I found out that like one of the people on my team has been like skydiving over a hundred times, you know, <laughs> and I would have never guessed out of my life, you know? So it's just like, really like, what the hell? Like, tell me that story, you know? Um, totally. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I, I think some of those broad questions are nice. Like, where do you like, is there a time where you feel like we've dropped the ball recently or like, is there a thing where we are like, we're all talk and no action Like this? Like some of those like broad company questions I think are really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I also just like, I always have this like push pull of like, like with the all hands, it's like, yeah, I think some all hands would be good, but like, I don't know. People are like, we're pretty async. We have like a, a good number of like introverts that like don't want a bunch of meetings. And so it's like, what's the right cadence here where it provides value, but people aren't like, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've never done one, so I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. We've done a handful. Some of them have been pretty good. I mean, I think they're pretty, I think they can be good. Yeah. Cool. Maybe I'll try one. It'd be kind of neat. Yeah. I can talk to you about the, like the, the structure, which I still yeah, what somebody do somebody else. I think the major things are sharing wins. So like, I'll often ask people to like, prepare like kudos for like four teammates beforehand and then we kind of like all like just take turns just being like oh it was awesome when this dorothy did this thing and like that feels really good and then there's a chunk of time for just like telling people like catching people up or like telling people what's going on kind of like here's what i see for the next couple months or like here's my take on these things like kind of like a status update of like broad company things and then an open q a period where people can ask whatever they want those are the main the main sections. What have you found to be the most valuable thing from doing that? Like, does the Q and A section end up being like a lot of interesting stuff happens there? Or yeah, there have been some interesting things that have come out of that. Um, like questions that indicate the need for things, or like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did X? And it's like, oh yeah, actually, that's a good point. I think if you give people a forum to ask questions, they will ask more questions than if you don't do that. And so I think it's like some of the questions are maybe not super high impact, but just like spreading knowledge around the team is useful and just have people be like, be like, what are your thoughts on this? Or like, are you worried about this? Or do you care about this thing versus that thing? Um, and like, they wouldn't like schedule a meeting with you or like DM you about it. Um, but it's like kind of useful for them to know. Yeah. Stuff like that, like makes me miss working in person. Um, yeah, me too. I think uh, a lot of this stuff is way easier. I think remote work is got it's awesome and has so many advantages, but is also like I don't know, remote work maximalists kind of piss me off <laughs> because I do think there's like something really fun and more personal about being able to work in person with people. I'm hoping to do like a team retreat this year because we've still never done one. Um, and like there's been people who've been working here for two years and like never met any of these people in person which I think will be good, but I have to figure out how to make make that happen. Yeah, there's part of me that's sad when I read about these things like, how do you like make a remote team feel connected? And I'm kind of like, uh, 
like this this is not my favorite topic but like it's probably a thing that we like you know need to think about and do yeah i feel like for us it's happened very slowly over a long period of time but it it was like i would say like for the first year i had a constant worry in the back of my head that nobody like talked to each other all communication kind of went from like people who worked here to like people who were managing them and not really amongst each other very much and you know but over time like that's that's changed as like there's been more and more projects where people work directly together and and, and stuff like that and i do think it's like a pretty tight team at this point which is which is good but i still think doing something in person would be good like i think we'll see what happens but i have this like idea in my head for us to like go to like universal studios or something for like three days and just like go on roller coasters together i feel like going on roller coasters with someone is like a really good way to like <laughs> get tighter Actually, yeah. know, just scream uh, yeah <laughs> yeah shared like fear or yeah, challenge exa- i think is really exactly. good for people actually yeah. <laughs> like you, you feel tighter for sure yeah yeah there's something about mm-hmm. that yeah we i had this thing i'll probably talk about this more in the future but i want to like make sure it's okay first but like i had this like pretty serious like miscommunication or sort of like mismanagement or disconnect or something with one of one of with a tupler and i was sort of struck by the fact that like I don't think there was any chance this would have happened in person. Like it was like a pretty, pretty, pretty bad sort of like mistake. And it was like, there's no way if this person were sitting in the room with me that like we would have like, I would have screwed this up so much. It's also the case that like, I probably would never get the chance to work with this person if, <laughs> if I couldn't, you know, if we had to be in Boston. So it's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's important to keep in mind. But I was like, oh yeah, like it was I, in that moment, I was feeling the cost of the remote and like the lack of communication. And it was like, one of my strengths is like reading people and situations and like being social and like connecting to people and seeing what, how they're doing and all that. And that is really like hampered by remoteness and distance. Um, and it's just so much harder. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is, I think a great example of like one of the costs right here. Yeah. Still worth it. I think probably I do look forward to figuring out ways to do in-person stuff once in a while i was asking everyone on the team about it and like something i was hearing i was like do you want to do like a team retreat like what do you think would you would you be excited if we like schedule something like that and people were answering like you know as long as there's like no team building at all then I would be uh-huh. you know it's like yes i agree like I, to me like my options are like go to florida and go on roller coasters or like go to a resort in the caribbean with a water park or something you know like there, there will be no work happening Totally. That's what that's what we did uh, on our last like all like full team retreat, and that was great. Like we were, like intentionally like we're not going to work. We're going to talk. We're going to hang out. We're going to spend time yeah, together. We probably will talk about work because that's like our shared thread, but not not because like it's on a, the agenda. You know. Yep. We did a t- we did like one explicit exercise that was work like like work related, but that was mostly me asking questions about how people were doing at work more or less. I think that's a good structure. I think it was like this the whole point of this is like us to to get closer to each other and know each other better and i was i'm happy with how that went <laughs> kind of so I, I think you condense should, like a year of after work wings and beers into like uh yeah a three-day thing you know <laughs> yeah. i mean it's it, it i mean it, it changes like the stuff that came up during that i think was stuff that would probably not have come up even with like a bunch of remote one-on-ones or you know all hands or things like that yeah and like i think the closeness was like increased for sure like especially in like the, like the following weeks it's kind of just like oh yeah i just like have a better connection to that person i just like i feel like 
I can tell them harder things or we can have more direct conversations and understand yeah. each other well. And that would be, that'd be good. Yeah. Right on. I look forward to, uh, to making that happen this year, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. So go for it. Yeah. Doing a lot of traveling this year somehow. I don't know. My wife is letting me go on two trips when leaving her home with the kids. So <laughs> it's exciting. Um, nice. Yeah, the launch. The launch was good. It was uh, hectic, like it always is, um, and full of last-minute doubts of uh, why we're we doing this. Uh, are we ever going to like finish this? Uh, there's so much stuff left to do, and then still launching like with half of it not done, which is what always happens. Also, but when it's done, you know, it's like it's good. Whatever. Um, at the time, it's always stressful, but those are always like the most memorable things and i always look back to them fondly in hindsight after i have seen them work out <laughs> we released this tailwind ui templates was kind of the the launch so we had tailwind ui for you know a couple of years now which has just been these little html snippets and stuff of components built with tailwind that you can copy into your projects and edit and i felt like there was this we were missing the opportunity to like show people how to construct like full websites in a very production ready way because with snippets like everything's isolated so you don't get any chance to create abstractions or extract duplication or any of the sorts of things you do in like a real project you know like a button and a tailwind ui component like it's created from scratch every time so if you have six components on a marketing site that all have a button like that's six copy and pasted things where if you want to change how a button looks, you got to change it in six places. And there's literally no, nothing we can do to, to solve that problem in that format. But that format has so many other strengths, you know, which is like, it's a copy and pasteable snippet that you can bring into your project and, and edit, but that's like the trade-off. So we wanted to build these templates to kind of make the opposite trade-off and figure out, okay, well, let's build super design opinionated things that don't look like Tailwind UI necessarily, that don't necessarily even use the default colors or the default fonts or any of that stuff in Tailwind and just show you like how we would structure and build like a full site um, and just release those to people. And I think we talked about this last time I was on the podcast because we were already kind of like thinking about this stuff at least or planning it out. But we ultimately made the decision to like really push selling these templates as this all access thing where we do sell the templates individually, but our goal is to get people to buy all access to get access to all the templates for a bunch of reasons. But like one of the big ones for me is that I just, I want that to work so that we don't feel like we have to design templates that will sell a lot of individual copies. Cause I feel like that means we got to, everyone has to have like mass appeal and we can't just like do something fun or quirky or specific. Like one of the templates we released was like a conference website landing page, which that sounds like a reasonable thing to build. But when you like sit down and like crunch the numbers on that, like there's not enough conferences that even happen such that if every like developer conference in the world bought a copy of the template, it still wouldn't pay for the cost of developing it. You know, we sell them for like a hundred bucks, you know? So if we sold like 200 copies like is there 200 developer conferences every year like probably like that's probably in the right territory i don't know like 200 whatever that's like 20 grand like it costs a lot more than 20 grand to design and build that template you know 
So if we can't even justify building something like that because the ROI isn't there on the individual template, that kind of sucks. So we really tried to sort of structure it in this way where we're pitching people on buying everything with kind of the promise that every sort of template has something you can learn or some idea you can take or, or whatever. And um, yeah, that has worked. I think we've sold six individual templates since we launched. And, <laughs> Seriously. And everything else has been all access. And uh, wow. yeah, I was joking. Like, I feel like we needed to sell them individually because we need that. You need people to see like the, okay, 99 bucks for this template, which is totally reasonable or like 300 bucks and get like literally everything that we've ever made and everything that we're going to add. It seems like a really obvious decision, but you kind of need that anchoring for that to really be effective. So we have to do all this work to make it possible to sell them individually, even though we don't want people to buy them individually. And even though people aren't going to buy them individually, just because it was necessary for it selling the all access stuff to succeed. I was joking the other day. I almost wish we had just like designed it and built like the pricing section, but like the button to buy the individual thing just like didn't do anything. And like, right. Coming soon. It would have been fine because no one clicks it. You know, it was a free update for most people because if you already owned everything in tone UI, we just kind of upgraded you to that for free. Um, but I did sort of underestimate how many people would want to upgrade from not owning everything. And I kind of forgot about a whole giant contingency of people that don't own everything. Like when we released Talent UI, there was like the application UI package and the marketing package. And we sold those together as like a bundle. And then like a, a year later, I think it was, or maybe like six months later, a year, a year and a half. I don't know. At some point we released the e-commerce package and a lot of people upgrade to that. And ever since then, we've been selling like all three of those in like a bundle. And I sort of forgot when we released this thing that there's like this enormous amount of people who just didn't upgrade to get the e-commerce package. So they still had like the complete package at the time because it was included everything that was available when they bought it. But they didn't upgrade to e-commerce because it just didn't speak to them or whatever. And then this all access thing came out and all those people wanted to upgrade to all access. So that was like a nice financial bump that I wasn't expecting at all because I totally forgot that those people existed. To me, the only categories of people were like people who had only bought just marketing or just application UI and then people who had everything. But I forgot that there was this like old version of everything um, that still warranted like a small upgrade price. So it was like 50 bucks to upgrade or something for those people and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them upgraded. So that's cool. And it got like a lot of attention and stuff on Twitter. We redesigned the whole Tailwind UI website and rebuilt the whole thing and did a bunch of crazy stuff around that. And, and that was, yeah, so it was, it was a big thing that got a lot of attention. People were really excited about it, got shared around a lot. And sales have been like steadily higher since then. It, it's been like one week, I guess, since it came out. So we're still kind of riding like the, the drop back to whatever the new normal is going to be for kind of our daily volume, which is what I'm most curious to to see what's changed there. But uh, yeah, that was kind of the whole idea. Hopefully figure out a way to sort of, we raised the price a little bit. So it's 279. Now it's 299. And um, so with any luck, if we convert the same number of people, we'll make more money. But I'm also hoping that we convert more people because the templates will appeal to people that weren't as interested originally so we'll see on paper it seems like instead of making x per day we should make y per day now but hmm. only time will tell 
Yeah. It's interesting how, I mean, it's not a recurring revenue business, but it's, it's interesting how like reliable your revenue has seemed to be. Very steady. Like, yeah, if we make about the same amount every week. Yeah. It's shockingly weird. And I think the only explanation for it, which, which does make sense, but, um, the difference is with stuff like refactoring UI or like my courses or stuff like that, there's no distribution for those except for like the launch email, you know, after that, unless I put in a ton of work to like give those things a distribution channel, it's just like a little bit of word of mouth and people kind of finding it randomly. So it makes sense if there's this like big spike and then it like just disappears into nothingness. But with this, like tailwindcss.com is the top of funnel for it. And there's a components link in the sidebar that people click because they want to get some tailwind components and it takes them to where to get tailwind components it just happens to be that that's a commercial product and that's how we make everything work so as tailwind continues to get more popular traffic to tailwind ui increases and those people have all never seen it before so yeah it just continues to do well like so the lesson for me out of all this is just like distribution is incredible lever um yeah it's unbelievable i mean you're like the best distribution i know of yeah and so i I make this joke all the time me and taylor both make this joke that like sometimes i feel like really proud of the business like oh this business is doing really well it does like millions of dollars a year you know like and we can pay people really well and still get paid incredibly well and it's this huge success or whatever but then i like listen to people talking about like oh yeah like i have this site like it's getting like one hundred fifty thousand visitors a month and like we've monetized it and it's making this much and like dude i i feel like if you gave like our distribution and traffic to like someone who's like a real internet business person like if, if you challenged someone like make the least amount of money possible with this <laughs> amount of distribution like we would win that competition. <laughs> like that's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I, I try to not think about it too much, but I, I do kind of wonder like, is there like a hundred million dollar a year version of this company with like the amount of traffic that we get? But uh, yeah, I have that thought sometimes too. Yeah. Where it's just like, what is the much bigger version of this with someone who was way more aggressive look like? Yeah. Like, but you guys know. don't really have like, meaningful distribution no this is a different thing but like there are choices we make that like not having like a like not aggressively having a freemium thing for example which is like maybe if you were just like being really aggressive or like like and you were just like nuts about growth you would have tried this already or you'd push this really hard and see what happens and maybe there's just like a much bigger business somewhere at a different thing that's not this local maximum that we're at yeah it's yeah when you think about it from that perspective the freemium thing is like very interesting (laughs) if you can figure out the right way to gate it you know it could be big because yeah distribution is massive yeah we're looking into other revenue streams too though like um this all access pricing grid is so nice oh my god it's nice because we fucking spent like 90 hours on it probably yeah uh, I, mean, yeah. I believe it but it's <laughs> it's so good I'm um, it. thank you i appreciate that i'm sure the design guys will appreciate it too it was uh, a real grind designing that uh that stuff um, it looks effortless like it just yeah. sprang into being <laughs> yeah i mean i'm definitely proud of the new design for sure i think uh yeah it's awesome it's 
it's a good way for us to like it's kind of important for everything that we do to be like really well designed obviously because like that's what we sell is design um which is fun in a way too because it gives us like an excuse to go overboard on a lot of stuff Hmm. but it's also like hard it's hard to even meet our own standards um i mean yeah I've, that, that's been true for you as long as i've known you <laughs> very hard and like you look at it for so long like you just it's impossible to like it after a certain number of hours you know but i do like it so yeah it turned out good i'm i'm really proud of what we did there it makes like the tailwind css website start to like feel like ah there's things i want to make to make this better now like there's always this like back and forth where it's like we redesigned tailwindcss.com and now that's better than tailwind ui so we redesigned tailwind ui and now that's better than tailwind css and it's good like we went really far on all of these templates that we did too just like all the placeholder content is like no there's no lorem ipsum on anything (laughs) you know it's all just like fake podcast site with fake podcast episodes that have fake descriptions and have fake mp3s and mm-hmm. um, yeah which I is do, fun I, too. I love that detail that detail work that you do there that's awesome we almost didn't because that was like the thing that we were doing like the day before in the morning of like the launch you know which just fuck it should we just put lauren Ripson on this and just be done i just couldn't do it <laughs> i don't know and people were talking about it so you know it was probably worth it one good glad it's over excited to do some more stuff i think we've kind of laid a good foundation for like being able to do more stuff like that more quickly because that was like four months of work to get those five website templates out because it just like became this like you pull on this thread and you know all of a sudden we're rewriting the whole website in react because we wanted to implement a new design and we didn't want to implement the new design and technology that we didn't want to use anymore. So, uh, just kind of got out of control, but, uh, it's all in place now. So now we can just build a template and release it with any luck. Nice. Um, yeah. And make no additional money. Correct. That is a depressing <laughs> thing. But I, like I said, we, <laughs> We're working on like a tailwind job board. That's like the, mm. the next. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Attempt at revenue diversification, at least. Um, yeah. I don't know. It seems like a good way to get money from companies. That's, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I think it'll, I think there's a lot of potential there. My my biggest fear is that it's um, going to be more work than I expect, even taking into account that I already think it's going to be a lot of work and more than I expect. And also that I feel like it's going to be a lot of work to actually grow. Like I, like I worry that it's not just like build it and put it up and like be done. I I couldn't enumerate all the things that have to go into it, but I just expect like it's a business on its own. So it needs someone to build the business. Like bootstrap used to have a job board and now they don't. So if it was easy, like, why is it not still there, you know? So we'll see, but I'm optimistic about that. And then we, another idea was like, uh, I don't know what we would call it, but some sort of place where like companies that do like tailwind work can basically pay to be included in like a directory that we host, you know? So if you're looking for like an agency to build you a site and you use tailwind or whatever, there's like a companies can pay to like be surfaced there and kind of again just we have this distribution how can 
we charge other people to take advantage of this distribution in ways that I don't feel like horrible about, or I'm like, I'm not like cringing at, like, I don't think I'll ever put ads on anything. Like we used to have carbon ads and I took them off. And I think carbon ads, like developers are used to seeing carbon ads. There's like nothing wrong with carbon ads. You know, they're pretty tasteful as far as ads go. But I took them off because they weren't making that much for us. And I just kind of wanted to have an ad free site that that felt cool. But Tailwind was really small at the time that I got rid of them. Now Tailwind is really big. And I'm pretty sure like carbon ads would make us like 150 grand or more a year. And we're still not going to put them on, you know? (laughs) So I definitely don't care about that much. I don't really, but I, I do. Yeah. want to figure out ways that we can basically charge people money to take advantage of our distribution that's tasteful and just delivers value to all parties involved like i get people asking me all the time like i need someone to build this website with tailwind like who can you recommend you know so it's i don't i think we could do it in a way that wasn't like irritating or like ad feeling but like that's kind of my number one criteria for doing any of this stuff it has to feel like purely an additive experience um in like a positive experience so same with like the job board people want jobs companies want to find people like we can help facilitate that like it's not a dark pattern you know what i mean whereas like ads like promoted tweets do feel like gross to me um sort of thing so i was thinking about charging people money to be included in like any tailwind templates that have like company logos in them like Oh yeah, is that what you're yeah. thinking? Yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, you were thinking about no longer violating their copyright, but instead <laughs> trying to charge them while you violate their copyright. Well, do you want do you want tuple to be surfaced in front of uh, thousands and thousands of people every month, or do you not want tuple to be surfaced in front of thousands? God, thousands what if that's where month? what if that's where most of our growth is coming from? <laughs> can you can you imagine, dude? The tuple logo is all over Tailwind UI. It's all over. It's great. I'm into um, it, but it's like. <laughs> It's like, oh, what if you just change that on a whim and then our business falls apart? And I'm like, what happened? I don't understand. Why aren't we growing anymore? Oh, man, you should have been, uh, you should have set up. up your Google Analytics account, you know? <laughs> Damn it. Should have paid when I got the extortion email from you. Yeah, exactly. Anyways. There you go. That's That might be a business model is you funnel people traffic and then you, tell, you threaten to turn it off. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like I could... Yeah, it's interesting. It's like the reverse Cloudflare or something. <laughs> the reverse Cloudflare. I uh, mean, that's not bad. It's not bad. It's kind of like the, uh, like Patio 11 talks about that, right? Like you want to get a job somewhere, just like cold email someone and like do something valuable for them for free. And, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> it'd be so funny. You just get an email from someone. Little do you know that, you know how your business like went up 75% in the last year and you didn't yeah. really know why you thought it was because of work that you had been doing. Well, I've got news for you. <laughs> um, oh, man. Check out all these ads that I put on all these casino websites. Uh, without these, you'd be fucked. Uh huh. I could either. Like, I could start advertising your competitors or I could not. <laughs> God, man, that's evil. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, well, I could talk about this shit forever, but we've been talking for an hour. So I feel like uh, yeah. this is a little running a little long for AOP. But yeah, yeah. Catch up again. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, thanks for coming by. Yeah, thanks for having me. I always look forward to the opportunity to join this wonderful podcast. Well, thanks, man. It's good to have you. Uh, Notes of the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.
Bye. See ya.